What's going on and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel coming to you from an undisclosed location <laughs> underneath <laughs> the Fortress of Solitude. I am your host, Matt, with me, my co-host, Daniel. What's up, What's my man? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are good, you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good in this undisclosed. <laughs> <laughs> We're under the Fortress of Solitude. You guys yeah, will never know. Yes. You guys will never know where we are. This is crazy, man. This is crazy. Man, we got we got some... We got some weird stuff to talk about today. Yeah. Like, you know, those of you that are out there listening, man, maybe you're watching like <laughs> there's certain things that come up. There's certain there's certain biblical accounts, there's certain stories in the Bible that just make you go like, what? Like, this is weird, right? Like, or this is crazy that yeah. that, that, that you would even kind of go this way. And we're, we're talking about kind of, I guess, the. We'll we'll answer the question here in yeah. a minute. You know what? If you read the Bible, though, there's a lot of weird stuff. So man. much weird stuff. We, we just read all the good stuff, and right? Then, you know, but man, there's some crazy stuff in there if you get in there. And this is this this is one of those crazy things, and it's it's interesting. Um, <laughs> you guys are just gonna have to you, you're just gonna have to just go there with us today, okay? Just get, get, as as you listen, go there with us today. We're gonna go to Genesis chapter 19. We're gonna uh, go through uh, verses one through 12. I'm gonna go ahead and just read through it here. So, uh, so what what happened is, but set up set up the shot here. Uh, God has already uh, spoken to uh, Abraham, and he's letting Abraham know, like, look, Sodom and Gomorrah got to go. And Abraham pleads with God for what if there's, you know, 50 righteous people? What if there's 10? But what if there's one righteous person, you know, and he's got, Abraham's got family there. He's like, I got, I got people there. Yeah. And so God's like, look, we'll send him a warning. We'll send him a warning. That's what we'll do. Which is crazy that God even, you know, he does that because Abraham, the father of the faith, considered a friend of God because of his faith. And so what happens? Now we go to Genesis 19 and verse one. Uh, there's two angels. Two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening. And Lot was sitting in the uh, gateway of the city. And when he saw them, he got up to meet them and he bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered. We will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. As Lot prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they'd gone to bed, all of the men, all of the men from, from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. It's already getting weird. This is, this is already getting weird to me. And then Lot went outside to meet them, shut the door behind him, and he said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. And this, to me, is the, is the most weird part of it, right? These guys show up around his house, and they're like, look, man, you know, we're, bring those two guys out here. Either we're going to have sex with them. And Lot's like, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man, let me bring them out to you and you can do what you would like with them, but don't do anything to these men for they have come under the protection of my roof. We're, we need to talk about that here in a moment, okay? This is crazy. 
All the men shout out, right? Get out of our way. Uh, this fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness so that they could not find the door. The two men said, do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we're going to destroy this place. Uh, the outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So much going on. Yeah. Here's the question that comes up in my mind as, I, as this, and this is what really we want to talk about today. Who are you living to please? Mm. Who are you living to please? We had the story, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah is just jacked up in and of itself. Right There's so much sin, there's so much brokenness, perversion, just lots of stuff. And these two angels show up to warn Lot about what's going to happen. Lot's like, you need to come stay at my house. So they obliged him. And then this group of guys, young and old, you know, they show up outside Lot's house and they're like, where are those guys at that came with you? Because they're going to have sex with them. Just in case you were wondering how bad Sodom and Gomorrah was, it was this bad. Yeah. It was this much bad. And this isn't even the craziest part to me. Like the craziest part, this isn't even the first thing I want to talk about. Like the, what really got to me was the fact that Lot was like, don't do that to them. They've come under the protection of my roof. Instead, I have two daughters. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like they're not under the protection of your roof? Yeah. Like what is going on here? Like he, he, he offers his own daughters in order to appease the mob. And that just, I can't with Lot. I, I can't either. <laughs> I, I think just it's interesting how these these men um, <clears throat> wanted to have sex with, you know, these angels or angelic beings. I think that's the crazy part is that is that's what they wanted to do, you know. Yeah. Get in there. And and so when you say like that's how bad Sodom and Gomorrah was like you see the the immorality, you know. And, right. Um and, and trying to get there and do that. And so, yeah, it's definitely an interesting story, but, but you do see them trying to, a lot trying to please, you know, in this situation. And, and, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy story. I mean, God sent these dudes there on Abraham's behalf. Cause Abraham had prayed for his family, like to save, man, save yeah. some of the family that's there that I got. Thank God. Like, and lot is being the absolute furthest thing from father of the year. <laughs> In this moment, like, I'm kind of like, Abraham, why'd you pray for this fool? Like, yeah. you, did you know, like, but I, it's also kind of a, I guess, a picture of, you know, who, who we pray for and, 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 and how we should pray. But, yeah. but every time I, I read this story, I'm baffled at the fact that Lot is willing to bargain mm -hmm. with a mob of people that are completely in the wrong mm -hmm. just to make the mob go away. He's willing to bargain with that which seems most precious to him mm -hmm. or should be most precious to him uh, in order to uh, appease or to please this mob of people who have come wanting to do the wrong stuff. And so, I, yeah, the, who are you living to please? Like that question comes to my brain because I'm going to tell you right now, like that, that 
it's so difficult because we're not in the situation, but you better bring, you better bring more than just all of the men of the city. You better bring an army. You better bring everything you got. You, you, you're not, I'm not opening the door for you. You're breaking through the door. And if you do, it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I can't understand like, no, 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 just take, take my daughter and go away. Nah, dog. Yeah. I, I can't understand that. But to those that are listening or if you're watching, what, what thing that is most precious to you have you bargained or bartered with? in order to please somebody else Mm -hmm. that you know was in the wrong. How many times have you done that? How many times have you bargained or you bartered or you just tried to negotiate your way around doing the right thing just to shut the wrong thing up? Isn't that really what a lot of sin that we deal with is, right? Like, I feel like that's what, like, there's a lot of sin is is less pronounced than, like, blatant uh, action. Some of it is just us taking the path of least resistance and just like, can we just bargain our way out of this and not have to do the hard thing and, and fight here? Yeah. Not have to do the hardest thing and actually stand up for, for good or right. Mm -hmm. Um, but to just kind of go with the crowd and go with the mob. And I think, I think that's, that's what it boils down to. It's easier. It's easier to please than to do the right thing, you know? Yeah. Um, because it's much harder to do what we know is right. And so pleasing someone just or pleasing a situation kind of puts it off to the side and say, okay, that, I dealt with that, you know, I negotiated this, yep. I compromised this, and you just kind of put it off to the side. And it's just so much easier. And you walk away and you're like, okay, that person's pleased, but is it right? Right. No, it's not, you know? Yeah. And that I, this idea, again, that God, God is not interested in, in mm-hmm. your compromise. Yeah. God's word is not compromise with your preference or your opinion. God is trying to make you whole. He's trying to complete you. He's not, he's, he's, he's interested, not even in your compliance, but in your completion. Mm. And, and how often do we make decisions to fit in or to appease the mob? And, and this brings me immediately, the first, whenever I read that story, I was like, you know what? That is so interesting because it takes me immediately to Romans 12. Mm. Immediately. I'm like Romans 12, 1, 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Why? Because this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not make the choices to appease the crowd of this world, the mob of this world. Do not conform just to keep the peace. You know, we're not supposed to be peacekeepers. We're supposed to be peacemakers. Yeah. And there's a difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. But it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his, his good, pleasing, perfect will. I, mean, I don't know what God's will is for my life. Maybe you've been conforming too long. Maybe you've not taken the time to allow God to transform you by the renewing of your mind. And I want to make this statement and we can unpack it. But I put before you today that there is a difference between unity and uniformity. Mm-hmm. There is a big difference between unity and uniformity. I think we're not meant to, to look the same, be the same, sound the same, even act the same. I'm different than you. Right. We're boys and like I'm different than you. You're different than me. But we have unity. We don't have uniformity. We dress different. We talk different. We, we act different. We have different personalities, mm-hmm. but we have unity. 
And there's a difference there. And I think that, I think that what's going on here, a lot of times is you'll have, you'll, you'll have encounters with people uh, in your everyday life, at your job, at, 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 at your school, uh, just in the world in general, uh, that will feign unity, but really what they want is uniformity. They want you to fall in line. They don't want you to align with God's word and to be unified. They want to fake unity. They want to call uniformity unity and say, no, 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 no. This is unity, that we all look the same, yeah. that we all sound the same, that we all are the, you know, I th- the same. What I think of when you, when you say uniformity is, I think of uniforms. I think yeah. of like this, this uh, you know, charter school with kids, <laughs> kids wearing all the same thing, right. same color, you know, um, and you're right, man, like that is not, and I think we have this view of unity being this external type of thing that we externally yes. do. And this is the way we talk and this is the way, the way we look and this is the way we respond. And, it, and that's not, you know, uni, unity is not an external appearance, you mm. know, um, it's an, it's an internal alignment with one another, you know, for, for a common goal. And that's the gospel. That's, that's, that's what good. we do, man. That's so good. And God's, God's desires for us yeah. to get beyond that, that conforming to the world around us. He wants us yeah. to allow him to, to transform us. And that's from the inside out. Like you said, like, it's not, I love that unity is not external. It's, it's an internal, Yeah. it's an internal, it's almost, it's an internal alignment with God and it's an internal, almost agreement between right. us. We're going to be unified. We, we agree on the inside that we're going to be unified Right. and we're going to do what it takes to be unified. And I'm not, I'm not interested in conformity i'm interested in transformity through christ yeah and transformity is not a word but we're going to use it today <laughs> we're going to use it today and right then when i said i'm not interested in conformity our our individualist producer was like that yes let's <laughs> snaps all around for that uh, I, I love this but you know no matter where you go no matter where you live no matter where you work whatever like don't don't look for conformity here. Like, see, there's a reason why Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah. Because when him and Abraham were getting ready to split up, there were two ways that they could go. And Abraham was like, you choose. I'll let you choose. Even though Abraham was the patriarch, he's like, I'll let you pick. And Lot looked over towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and he, it looked like the land was fruitful. It looked like a good place. That was, the, you know, that was Pleasure Island. He was like, that's... That looks good. This looks like this is a rich place and I'm going to go over there. I'm going I'm to make my wealth. So God allowed that to happen because God's not going to interfere with your free choice. He allowed that to happen. Lot went that way. Abraham goes the other way. What's funny is Abraham's and Abraham and his seed have flourished in the wilderness, you know, and Abraham became the wealthiest dude around uh, in, in a land that seemed much less fruitful. And Lot in his seed began to live to appease the people around him instead of God. He forgot whose he was. And how many times do we forget who we are in the name of conformity? Mm-hmm. You know, we forget who we are. We forget what we're called to do. And we then conform and become uniform mm-hmm. to the world around us. You know, we're not supposed to be influenced by the world around us. We're supposed to, we're supposed to be the influencers. Yeah, we're supposed to be the trendsetters, you know, in the church oftentimes is five, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years behind what's going on in the world. We're supposed to be the trendsetters because we have, we have access with the creator of all of it. Right. Yeah. 
but oftentimes we don't we don't use it because we're just too, we're just so busy conforming. Yeah, yeah, we're so busy um, keeping the peace. You know, oh like yeah, you said er- yeah, earlier keeping the peace, not the making peace. it. And you know what? When when we keep the peace, I, I wrote this down just right now because I love what you said about we're not uh, peacekeepers or peacemakers. Yeah, I think when you're peace when you're a peacemaker, you have you have few friends, but when you're a peacekeeper, you have a lot of fake friends because <laughs> nothing's really authentic when you're yeah. just trying to, you know, please people. And sometimes you just have to have some hard conversations to make peace, you know. And not everybody's gonna like it. Right. Not everybody's gonna agree, but that's okay. And I think um, in this story, that's that's what's happening here. He's just trying to, hey, let's just I, here take this, take my daughters, and everything will be okay. Right. You know, had he said no, I'm not like you said earlier. Had he said no, I'm not going to do that. He would have had a lot of enemies, you yeah. know, people that didn't like him. But hey, he was doing the right thing, and and so we try to conform to people and their ideas, you know, of what they want, you know, what they find acceptable. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, because I'm telling you, Daniel, like, bro, like, you got a daughter. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter. Oh, yeah. It had been air and opportunity. That's what, that would have that been my answer. There's just, there's air and opportunity between us then. Mm-hmm. I'm, you're not getting nothing. Yeah. We can, we can have a, we can have a, we can have some static then. We're, we're about to be some fighting fools <laughs> in here if that's what you think is going to happen. And, and it's just, it, it's just baffles me that, that, somebody would be so willing to take that which is most mm. precious to them and give it up for the sake of conforming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I say that, I'm sure that some that are listening or watching mm-hmm. have had an epiphany in this moment mm-hmm. because what is that that is most precious to you that yeah. you have decided to go ahead and use as a bargaining chip or just to put on the back yeah. burner or say, you know what? I just, I just want, I just want, I just want everybody to be okay with me. Mm-hmm. I just want to show up in a room and not have everybody be upset or I don't, I don't want to be the only one on this hill. You know, I don't, I don't want to plant my flag in and say, no, no, no further. You know, I don't want to draw the line in the sand. Like I'm not, you know, <laughs> Jesus understand he, he came. Yeah. Did he come with, with oil and oil and wine? Absolutely. But, but he also said he came with a sword. You know, in this gospel that we preach, that we teach, that we should more than anything be living out and walking out, yeah. like the Bible's very specific to those that to those that uh, understand it, to those that understand this gospel, this gospel message, this Jesus. It's liberty to them. It's liberty. It's freedom. It could, when you really understand it, to those that don't understand, he was very he was very upfront. It's a stumbling block. Yeah. You're going to stub your toe. And who here likes it when you stub your toe? All of the cuss words. You may not ever cuss, but as soon as you stub your toe, all of the cuss words you thought you forgot <laughs> come pouring out. And I'm telling you right now, if you're living your life for the sake of conforming to the world around you, you're living beneath your privileges. Yeah. You are living beneath the means for which you've been created. Yeah. You know what, man? I, I actually, in my earlier days of ministry, just as... <clears throat> even just in my twenties as a young guy, like I was a people pleaser. Mm. Um, mm. I was a people pleaser. I didn't want to let people down. I didn't want to stir the waters. I didn't want people not to like me, you know, yeah. because of a disagreement or I didn't. And, um, <clears throat> and man, it's, it's a very, very, you know, crippling 
thing to live like that where you're almost just not yourself, you know, anymore. Um, you're not free. You're, you're in bondage because you're just living to the expectations of others or you're living to others, you know, and their narratives or, or others mm. and what they think or what they like. Um, and you're never really living to what you like and what you think, you know? Yeah. And so it's very, very, you know, crippling living like that. And I, as I got older, I started realizing, man, it, it doesn't even matter anymore. Like, why am I, why am I trying to please someone? You know, why am I not being myself? Yeah. I mean, do, am I really that insecure about who I am where yeah. I can't just talk to somebody and say, yeah, you know what, let's talk about this. You know, I don't know if that's what I like or if that's what I think, or I don't yeah. agree with that. Um, or I'm going to hold my ground and say no, you know? And, um, and I think a lot of us deal, like, deal with it because we don't want people to not like us, you know, especially for, right. but I think we, we definitely do need to get over the fact that, Hey, it's, it is what it is and we're going to move forward and yeah. it's going to happen regardless. You know, I think you're, you're so right. And so the question I have for you is yeah. this, how often I wonder, um, how often I wonder, does that happen mm-hmm. in the church mm-hmm. where we somewhere along the line shift from pleasing God to appeasing the mom? Mm-hmm. We just want to appease the mob mm-hmm. in church. We want to we want to appease the crowd, and not necessarily yeah. interested in pleasing. Because I love that. Because you're either a people pleaser or a, God, or a people appeaser or a God pleaser. Yeah, one or the other. Mm-hmm. You're not both. Yeah, you're not both because you're not always going to make decisions. Or you're not always going to say or do something that everybody that's around you is like, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not always going to happen. <laughs> Trust. We've been in ministry for a minute. Uh-huh. We know that's not always going to happen. Sometimes you are going to have to take a stand. Sometimes you are going to have to disagree. But again, there's a difference between unity and uniformity. Yeah. You can, did you know that you could disagree with somebody and love them? Mm. <gasps> mm. Oh my goodness. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Did you know that you could have a disagreement and a conversation? Did you know you could debate somebody? And still love them? Mm-hmm. What? Like, yeah, this could this could actually happen. And and because I believe because the church has not been exemplary in this, has not been exemplary with our no's, that we have that our, our yeses have been cheapened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we've not been exemplary with our no. Because saying no is not a sin. Mm-hmm. Saying no is not a sin. And I just set somebody free mm. that goes, somebody's been going to church and all they do is say yes to everything and they're ragged and they're, they have no energy and they have no family life and they have, they, all they have is saying yes, 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 yes all the time. Listen to me, saying no is not a sin. Do not live to please a pastor, to please a team, to please a people. Live to please God. It doesn't matter where you are led to in this world. What matters is whom you live to please Mm -hmm. and so make your choice yeah yeah and i honestly that's that's all i have to say on the subject right now to be honest with you right now you know what it's time for it's time it's time for our recommendations that's what oh snap we got recommendation music uh what you got what you got what you got what you got got? all right i got a i got a book by a very old old theologian by the name of uh, dietrich bonhoeffer have you heard of bonhoeffer Mm. really really good man he wrote this book called the cost of discipleship 
the cost of discipleship, man, it is so good. And, and listen, in case you didn't know, it's kind of like what we're talking about right now. There's a cost to this thing. There's a cost to being free. Mm-hmm. Being free ain't free. Being free is going to cost you something. And, and this, is, uh, this is a beautiful, beautiful picture. He's a, he's a great, uh, I, he's one of my favorite you know, theologians to kind of read uh, his angles on and stuff. So The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich. Dietrich. Man, if I ever have a kid again. Let's go. Dietrich. Dietrich. <laughs> okay. Let's May, move on. Made it like this. Huh? She's like, did like this. Okay. Um, what you I got, got? I got, so man, Andy Stanley. Um, this is actually a, a book that kind of actually goes a few, a few years back. Um, Irresistible, though. Oh, that's a good one. Man, this book kind of just changed my, just my view on the Old Testament. It goes, talks a lot about the Old Testament. Old Testament, yeah. But um, he's talking about the gospel mm. and uh, how the gospel of Jesus um, is kind of just been, you know, a little. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They're telling me here's a book <laughs> of this camera. That There's so many cameras in here. Right here. Irresistible. Andy Stanley. Check it out, man. He, he just talks about the gospel of Christ and um, it, bringing it back to its, its yeah. state of just uh, wonder and wow and awe. Um, and so great book. Great read. Check that out. That's so good, man. Irresistible by Andy Stanley. The yeah. Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I did laugh and clap in the middle of the <laughs> in the middle of Daniel's recommendation. Apologies all around to the sound people and those <laughs> editing. Eli, I love you. I promise. That's all the time that we have yeah. today on Chicken Scratch Gospel. Make sure that you follow us on social media. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications so you know when the new stuff drops. That's it. We're out. Go love like Jesus. Wow. <laughs> I was like, hey,